Hello, everybody, and welcome to Molly Movie Club. I'm Casey Muratori. And I'm Heather. <laughs> I'm Anna Redberg. That's terrible. Sorry. Uh, Heather's is the movie that we're talking about this week, and it's a really great film that I think was probably a complete accident. You think it was an accident? What do you mean? What do you mean? So, you know, if you look, and I didn't go back and, and recheck, but I believe that the writer of this film, like, never really wrote any other, like, crazy, witty, dark comedy things or anything like that. So, you know, it's not exactly a film. It's it's not Charlie Kaufman or something. We're like, this is you know, one of many sort of like biting social commentary, dark comedy things that they did. And so you can totally see that's like it fits into a series of things. Or even our last film that we looked at by Paul Thomas Anderson, There Will Be Blood. I didn't really like it that much, but it fits in with the body of work and you can kind of see what it's about. And it's very similar to sort of the things that he does. And, you know, he's got different ways he approaches things, blah, blah, blah. This is not that. This is like a one-off. It's like a one-hit wonder kind of a thing. <laughs> well, you know, the thing I love about this movie is the fact that it is also the thing that it is sort of satirizing. It is an 80s mm-hmm. teen high school movie mm-hmm. in every way, even though it's also kind of like playing off of the tropes and satirizing those types of movies. It's doing this great thing where somehow it is the thing that it is also making fun of or, or playing around with. I also get the sense, and I again, I don't really know, but I get the sense that it was supposed to be somewhat topical for the time. Okay. But oddly, it's way more appropriate today than it was at the time it came out. I mean, I don't know if it's more appropriate. So, I think these are these are kind of universal problems or issues that the, the, the modern the modern sort of young person. But at the time, it was a caricature. Of a high school guidance counselor, like doing those sorts of things at a school. But nowadays, that's that's just very, I mean, it almost doesn't go far enough. Like you would say that, well, because there wasn't social media back then and all that sort of thing, the degree of sort of absurd extrapolation that happens from a quote unquote suicide, which is actually a murder, is minor in Heathers. It was supposed to be absurd, right? How far it goes, how far the community goes in their reaction to the suicide, but it's small compared to today. And I think that's interesting, right? Well, I do think when you think about social media, like the thing that happens where when someone dies, everyone is like yes. the first person to say, like, I was their best friend and I knew them yeah. so well and I'm so sad, even if they hated them. Like, that's that's obviously was a thing then and is amplified now by stuff like social media. Um, well, and the and the hot takes like, the you know, the, the guidance counselor being like, oh, you know, whether or not to commit suicide is the most important decision that a young person makes. Like, we can probably find that we can probably literally find like some medium article somewhere that literally says that. So at the time they were thinking this was ridiculous, it was supposed to be a satire. But amusingly, now it's really not that satirical. Sometimes things shift into a phase of where humanity is acting as if they were their own parody. And we've done that now. So in some ways, Heather's is less fun to watch today because it's not extreme. 
it should be, but well, it's not. I don't. Right? I don't know if I so. totally agree with that. I mean that that sort of thing you're talking about feels really secondary. Like that's not really what oh, the movie yeah. was about. Like to sure, me, but I'm just saying it's it takes a little bit away from the viewing because those were supposed to be absurd and they're not anymore. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, I think the thing that for me is is so good about this movie is the way it continuously escalates. Like the first time, the first scene, like the first couple of scenes, it's it's just a standard. 80s high school drama movie. Yes. And the moment that Christian Slater pulls out the gun, yeah. it totally, yeah. something totally flips and you're like, oh, oh, wow, okay. Like, it's, that moment is so good and you continue to have moments like that where you're like, oh, it's getting darker. Oh, it's getting darker. Oh my gosh, like, are we actually doing this? Uh, and that feeling is so, so good and so well done. Um, I also think it's interesting, this main character... Veronica is really different than the other main characters in this month. Yes. Uh she's she's unlikable sort of. But I think she's extremely sympathetic because she is ultimately just a weak person. Right? She's a person who mm, I'm going to have to part ways with okay, her. Okay, cuz to me, she's a person who lets everyone around her control her basically. Like she she she's self-interested, right? Like but she also isn't really able to like do the things that she thinks are correct. Like she know she has a moral compass, but she ultimately is following like a more selfish instinct to follow power and popularity and sort of be on the coattails of these things. But she's ultimately just like always being controlled by people. She's being controlled by her friends. She's being controlled by JD. Like her that that's sort of for me like the story is ultimately about her sort of choosing to to do her own thing and control her own life and actions. And in the end, she ends up being, like, the new Heather, right? She even, like, takes the bow and puts it in her hair. And it's, it's her saying, like, I'm making the choices for my life now. And so for me, that's, like, a very different character. It's a, it's a person who's unlikable because she lets unlikable people control her. And the movie is sort of her... Things getting dark enough and bad enough because of other people's influence that she decides she has to put her foot down and be like, no. So I don't read the movie that way at all. Like, I literally don't read the movie that way at all. I can understand that read of the movie, certainly. I'm not like, what are you talking about? But I don't read it that way even a little bit. Really? Okay. So my read of the movie is that this is just a straightforward personification of a choice, a person who is choosing how they are going to live their like live their social life like what what does a social how they're going to be a social being like what part are they going to play and how are they going to try and affect their sort their social surroundings right and heathers and jd are not people they're ways of being right so veronica is just sort of it's basically just a a fable and it's like is she going to just try and be like popular by putting other people down and doing sort of the standard things that you that society would have you do in these circumstances where you go to the college party and you you know make out with the college guys because that's just what you do to climb that particular rung or is she going to like turn into a rebel and decide to like do all these kind of like really bad things. And 
in reality, it wouldn't be like murder. It would be like, you know, go do drugs and smoking outside and whatever, you know, might not be as far as they take it. But these are extrapolations, right? Mm -hmm. And so to me, she is 100% in control the entire time. She is never being told what to do. This is her experimenting with those ideas and deciding that they don't work, right? It's a commentary. It's a broader commentary on the idea that these two modes of being aren't working and uh, she's going to try a middle path. And that's what we see at the end of the movie is her deciding like, look, I'm going to actually just decide to try to be more genuine than those things. Like, I'm not going to try to follow one of those sort of preset things because they're one goes really dark really fast and one is really hollow. And I want something that's in between that's that has some a certain degree of rebellion to it, meaning I'm not following anyone's rules, but also it's not com- destructive. Like, I don't need to destroy everything. I can be constructive and do that same time. So that's how I read it. And I, th- I don't ever think of her as being even out of control for a second. Well, I mean, she's making her own decisions, but I feel like for me, the movie feels like it's entirely about influence, the influence that people have on the decision making of other people. I mean, even down to the entire suicide thing, right? The way that one person's suicide then affects everyone else's actions, the way that their suicides actually cause someone to genuinely try to commit suicide in this film, right? It's like, it's all about these, the sort of warped social interactions that these people have in an attempt to like, climb some perceived ladder and and the control that that has over them so i don't know i disagree i mean i think she is sort of in control in that you know she's not totally like a pawn like you know she doesn't sleep with the guy at the college party but she's willingly doing these things she doesn't want to do every time the heathers ask they're like do you want to go on this double date she's like fine i'll do it you know and then when she's there she hates it and she doesn't sleep with the guy or whatever but like every single time She does the thing that she's asked to do by the Heathers, even though she hates it. She doesn't want to be doing it, but she continuously finds herself. And then same with JD. She continuously goes along with all these things he wants to do and finds herself getting wrapped up in this. Right. Like she doesn't. Well, I guess she does pull the trigger eventually. Oh, yeah. And we're going to fight on this one. Okay. So look at the timing of how things work out in this movie. Right. Because I understand what you're saying, but you have to look at the timing of these scenes. When does J.D. come through her window, right? When she's writing in her diary and super angry about something the Heathers had her do. Yes, you're right. She did do something the Heathers wanted her to do, right? She went to that party or whatever else was going on. But then she didn't do what the Heathers wanted to do at the party, right? This is her brain going, this is not quite working for me, and getting angry about the situation that that puts herself in. Why? Because she believes there's only two possible outcomes. Either she just goes and becomes a nobody or she is doing the things that the Heather wanted to do at the party and and that sort of stuff, right? But what happens? J.D. comes through her window. What are the chances that that this person is going to randomly come through her window right at the moment where she's thinking to herself, I'd like to kill this person? None. But what this movie is showing is what if he did? Like, what if there was a devil? What if there was two devils on your shoulders instead of an angel and a devil? One is a little Heather and one's a little JD. Every time she has to make one of these decisions, 
one of them shows up, right? And she goes along with whatever they say, but if she's not going along with it in my book, that's her brain choose like trying to navigate these two things. She's well, like, uh, I have I, mean, I have two two options and I'm picking, right? But she's still she's being influenced by But it's her. Well, okay. Right? It's a personification. It's not real, right? But it's still but it's perceived real. Like it's her perception on how other people will feel about the things that she's choosing to do. Will she be popular or will she not be popular? I mean, I do feel she definitely is torn. Yeah, right. and tor- it's her choices, right? Because JD's offering her these other options, right? And she's choosing between them. But there's more than just those two options. Not in her brain, right? Imagine these people aren't well, sure, real. But, uh, Imagine but, they're fictitious, right? Imagine Heather and JD don't really exist. They're just little voices in her head, right? That's what I'm saying. She's in control and she, in her head, is trying to work out because those are the two styles that she's seen. That's what sh- her brain can think but because, of, right? Like, because she is influenced by these the reason that she only feels like she has two choices is because she's so influenced by the people in her life she just is going along with what jd says or what heather says she's not no. making her own choices no she, she's the one who says i want to kill her and jd just says okay let's do that right jd's just he's just a representation of what happens if you decide that the solution to a complicated social problem is to burn it down, right? He's Literally, we see his father is a person who demolishes buildings, right? Mm-hmm. It's just – they're just two archetypal things that you could do. You could follow the social convention that's open to you and get the success that that provides while – Making the sacrifices of you no longer talk to who you were best friends with, you're uh, making the 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 unpopular people feel really bad about themselves. Well, whatever, and, you're, right? and you're cruel. You're mean. You're cruel. Or you can burn it all down. Right. You can just burn it all down and be someone who's going to like destroy that or try to destroy it. Right. It's her choice. She comes up with that. JD doesn't. But ultimately, do she that, does. Right? I, I feel like throughout the whole movie. She keeps saying no to stuff, but then ends up being dragged along anyway. Like, I, I don't get the sense that she's really a person who is comfortable making any big decisions for her own self. Like, to me, she's, like, constantly just getting dragged into other people's ways of thinking. And the end of the movie for me is, like, her deciding, okay, no, this is wrong. I'm going to put a stop to it. And to both to both ways of thinking, Right. And, and going to chart her own sort of new way of thinking that is hers. But that's not being out of control, right? In other words, but it's being it's being phrasing, influenced. It's in it's it's it's, it's not. not being it's it's your your decisions being influenced by other people. But it's not that they're being influenced by other people. If they were influenced by other people, primarily JD wouldn't be in this film, right? Because well, uh, she he, gets what she needs from just doing the Heather's thing. Right. But she's torn. She doesn't yeah, feel good about that. Why she's in control. She is in control. Right. She's completely in control. And this movie is about her figuring out which side she's going to go down and realizing she can pick neither if she invents something new. That's not being influenced by anybody. That's just basically saying, like, look, so, you know, we, we're, we're not all super creative and inventive. We can't necessarily say when we wake up in the morning, we're going to pick a totally new life that no one's ever conceived of before. You're still in control if people say, like, oh, you can have life A or life B. You're still in control if you're picking between those. You're just 
maybe haven't thought of I could create my own life see. It's not sufficient to say, well, because someone's torn between two ideals or something that they're not in control. I mean, that's a weird thing to say. But, right? but it, it's because that it's there's these individuals who are influencing her. Like that's that seems so clear to me. It's like those he- are projections, right? Well, but that's I mean, but in the movie, they are literal people. I and, mean, in the end, she she. Okay. If I'm you believe saying, that these that those are realistic portrayals of people, well, they are characters in the film. Like they are real characters in the film who are there to provide so that we don't have to just have the entire thing take place as a dialogue, as a monologue, right? They're there because we need to hear Veronica's thoughts out loud. We need to hear her saying, but I mean, otherwise she'd just I be writing the diary to the me, time. this, like, the, the entire experience of, like, the stupid social dynamics of high school is all about influence, you know, and perception of other people, like, what other people think is cool, right? It's It's like, and the suicide thing ties into that so clearly, too. It's like, you know, I mean, that, that in, their, in all the notes they're writing, these fake notes, it's about, like, everyone thought of me as this one thing that I wasn't, right? And I was so at odds with my true self that I had to end my life, right? And so, I don't know. To me, it's like there's a lot of that in the movie where it's, it's like everyone has to, has to sort of, like, put on this performance because of everyone else's perception of them and all the stuff you have to do to be popular, to be cool, and all the stuff that she's sacrificing and doing, the things that she doesn't want to do so that she can be cool, um, even though, you know, it's, it's like unclear why she's still doing that, you know, to herself. It's unclear why she's still doing that when she's not happy. She doesn't like it. She hates her friends, you know, but she's still doing it. And why? Right. And that's sort of the conflict in, in the whole movie is like, why am I still letting other people other people's sort of perception of me control what I decide to do. I don't want to be doing these things, but I'm doing it because it's what you're supposed to do. But how is that her being out of control? Because the entire time she's vacillating back and forth between these two ideas. The idea that she should do like a very hyper-conformist well, thing out of control, and the idea that she should destroy everything. Well, right? maybe out of control is not the exact right way of putting it, but it's like influence. It's It's... Her decisions are so I can't influenced by by the people she's hanging around. And she's, like, trying to push free of those. But she's so obviously in control. Like, when she writes in her diary, she describes everything and why she decided to do things and all that sort of stuff. She's very in control. And, like, the whole thing with JD, you can see, like, it's just her ideas about what she wants to do. He's, like, this enabler that's, like, let's just go all the way down that path. That you want to do, right? It's almost like impulsive, right? It's like, you want to kill this person? Let's actually kill them, right? And then, you know, she's the one who's always forging notes. She forged the suicide note, right? It makes perfect sense. Not like he's the one who does all these things. And she she could she pretty much knows she's going to shoot the guy. She already sees the the guy he shot on the ground. Mm -hmm. So she knows and she, you know, it's that whole scene is her vacillating back and forth. It's like, I want to kill this guy. But I don't feel like I should kill this guy. And then she does. Right. That was well, her yeah, moment because, of weakness. But, I mean, I guess I don't know that we're actually saying anything that's all that different because I'm like, yeah, she she shoots him because conflicted, JD, because, not JD, out of control. because J.D. shot, too. And she's like influenced by him like, oh, he did it. So it must be fine. I'll do it, too. It's like she can't help herself but to sort of like do the thing that the person that she's around is telling her she should do, even when she's conflicted. All right. I don't know. 
I don't know. I just feel that conflicted is the thing, not control, right? Control, well, she's I, always I, in control. I agree that she's conflicted, and I don't, she's not like, she's certainly not some sort of helpless character, right? Yeah. As I said, she doesn't sleep with the guy at the college party, no. right? She never lets people fully take advantage of her or anything. It's her own doing, right? It's her own it's her own brain that's letting people control her decisions, right? Not other people f- like forcing her to do something. It's the internal conflict of like why is my brain doing this? Like why am I letting other people sort of like pull me in different directions of behavior? I don't even read her character as doing that though. It seems to me like she is just someone trying to figure out which of these two ways of living is good, right? Like, she's she she believes that she should be doing what the Heathers want her to do because that seems like the easy way to go, right? And then she's flirting with this other path that's like a much more destructive way of living. And she's constantly trying to figure out which one of those she wants to do, right? And then, at, like you say, at the end, she realizes there's a third option, which is kind of a very satisfying thing for a thing I like this, right? I don't feel like we're actually talking about I th- I think we're actually kind of saying the same thing. Maybe. I just don't understand the control part because it makes it sound like she's not doing these things. But to me, she really is. And I don't think But it's that so heavily under the... like. That's the part we disagree so about. I don't think it's under the influence of anybody. Because there are things she doesn't really want to be doing, but she's doing them anyway. Oh, yes, she does. You don't think she wanted to kill Heather? I think she wanted to kill Heather. She doesn't Heather. want to go to the college party, uh, right? But she does. Uh, I mean, there are some things she does that she doesn't want to do, but that's uh, her immediate I, reaction like, to that is she's no, like, I'm going like, to kill this person. And no, right? I don't think she genuinely wants to kill Heather either. I mean, she says she wants to kill Heather well, and JD say, shows you know, up, right? But people say stuff like that, right? But like, that's the point is JD is the JD is the metaphor in this movie of indulging your fantasy of solving a problem by killing the problem. Right. That's what happened. She's literally writing those words and he appears in her window. Right. It's not real. He's not a he's not a, a literal person. They're not trying to actually describe a real abusive relationship with a controlling boyfriend. They're trying to describe what happens in someone's head with the abusive boyfriend of their own violent tendencies. Right. I mean, uh, because otherwise the the movie would be ridiculous. I mean, like, come on, like, really? Like, uh, I mean, I guess. But, you know, that's an interpretation of it. But if you're just watching the events that unfold on the screen for what they are, then, yeah, J.D. is a character and Heather's the Heather's are characters. Right. Like this is a story with characters in it. Sure. And sure, you can interpret it in like different ways. But like J.D. is a, is like literally a character. He's not a f- an imaginary friend. Right. Like he's a real person in the story. I mean, he is an imaginary friend. That but, is the way I read this movie. I don't think that's this movie at is all basically, in the movie. Like that's not true in the movie. It has to be. There's like... It literally would be impossible for these events to take place if it's not basically a fable. Like if you don't well, if you I, don't view this as something where the the uh, the internal conflict of a teenager is projected out and shown as if they were characters talking to the person, 
it's a nonsense movie. I mean, there's no way. Well, it's it's not. Right? It's it's a heightened movie. It is not like a real documentary of high school students or something. It's taking yeah. high school situations and sort of like pushing them to an extreme. Yeah. That's obviously true. But I don't look at when I'm watching this movie. I, I'm JD is a character. He's a real guy. And Heather's a real person. Like, I'm not watching this movie as though, like, he they're literally, like, imaginary people. It, it, that seems weird to me. I basically do. I mean, I don't... But, I mean, that's... They're not imaginary that's because not like, that's not, like... They're not literally supposed to be imaginary in the thing where, like, they're kind of flickery, like, force ghosts or something. So I'm saying, like, the movie... But, in the movie, they are just characters. They're real people. I just don't think it's a very interesting film if you think of it as analyzing the relationship between two people and it's like oh yeah it's like Winona Ryder's character and uh, and well, Christian Slater's character they and represent- I'm analyzing it as if those are two people actually interacting for real it's not a very good movie but I guess I just see it they do represent they represent different poles of diff- different sort yes. of tempting directions yes. that you can go in so she's in control like in the metaphor but she's of the being film she's influenced in by these people but they're not real this but they is, are real oh my god this is like no moby dick <laughs> is, a, is a whale he can't be about someone's hubris no, he, he's a whale he, and you're like oh no, okay he, he had a, to find no, the whale because oh the whale you're like, he what is, are you talking about he is both a whale and a metaphor like, yeah. it's both things. But Captain Ahab is in control. He's not being influenced by the whale. The, the whale is a metaphor, right? It's not but to, really but about me, the whale. I mean, to me, it, it I don't know. This movie so clearly feels like about like it's about a high schooler who just like is influenced by the social sort of pulling of, of different paths you can take and I, ultimately has to find her own path i I, yeah i don't know i really will go to the match on this one because i think it's the the reason i think this movie is so good or one of the reasons i think there's a lot of reasons this movie is so good but i think one of the reasons this movie is so good is because that's exactly not what she is she's the one person at this high school and only one who is in control that's what the movie is about she is in control because ultimately, unlike in everyone else, she's going through this actual process of going, wait, are these choices the right choices? And she fights pretty hard the whole time trying different aspects of them out. And she realizes, no, I've got to do something different. She's the one person at the high school who is in control. Everyone else is sl- is doing what you're claiming. They're just sitting at the table with the jocks. They're just sitting at the table with the nerds. Well, yes, but she, JD is she, just JD. She is doing those things too, but she's actually conflicted about it. But That's she, why she's in control. But up until she the can end, choose between but them. Up until the end, she doesn't. She's still being influenced by those two. Like. Ugh. Anyway, we have to say that we're just going in circles. We have to just throw this one to the movie club and move on because this is not. We do not- have to throw this to the movie club. We do have to throw this to the movie club. It's scary. It's a scary moment. <laughs> we got to let the movie club decide. So movie club. I mean, the weird thing is I don't feel like we're really disagreeing here. I think it's just, I don't know. I'm just saying she's written to me as a high agency character. So to suggest that she is not in control is bizarre. Now, uh, But I think... Phrasing it as not in control is is probably not the, the exact right thing. It's just influence. It's like 
I mean, I, I vaguely agree with that because, like I said, I think these people are sort of like personifications of these options. So, yes, I mean, I agree that the the mechanics of it are when I am with JD, that is when we are showing me indulging my id, like my sort of like violent tendencies that I would have. And when I'm with the Heathers, that is me indulging my like conformist tendencies and stuff like that. So I don't disagree that like that's how the movie is structured because it's a very like it's very um, sort of uh, what's what's the word for it? It projects all of these things onto the screen. Like you see that the Heather's house and it's all like, you know, she's lying in this bed with all of these like things that are color coded for her and all that stuff. Right. And you see JD in his house and it's all like, you know, the man cave basically. And it's got his father with the like exp- tape, videotapes of dem- demolishing buildings. Right. Uh, and, you know, it, it does it does that. But she's in control of that. At every time, she's choosing which of those things to be. She could at any moment decide she's going to go be a Heather right now, and in another moment she's going to go be a JD right now. So she's always in control. She's just not guess, sure but, she has another— But she's stuck, but she's stuck either being influenced by one or the other. Like, she—to me, it feels like a character yeah. who— Because she hasn't invented the new way yet. That's but I, To me, that's the thing. It's like— she doesn't have her own way of behaving. She can say no when there's things she doesn't want to do, but it's always in the sphere of influence of someone. Like, it's does Heather want this to happen or does JD want this to happen? And like within that, yeah, she's got some she's got some things that she can say no to, but ultimately it's like it's gonna be one of one or the other. And the and to me, that's not a character with control. That's a character who can make some decisions, but like ultimately, she's got to pick the path chosen for her by this this influence, right? This force of influence. And ultimately, at the end, it's like to me, it feels really empowering. Like even the imagery of it is where she's just yeah. like a mess and exploded, and it, right? It's like to, there's like a strength to it that she hasn't had in the rest of the movie where she's like, I'm going to confront this and I'm going to be like strong and dis- and and like to me, I don't know. It just feels like that. And I think it, as I said before, it really ties into the suicide sort of theme as well. And the things we continuously see with that where kids are being influenced and they're, I don't know. I don't know. Well, we'll have to let the movie club sort this one out. If we even have a movie club anymore based on this discussion. Wow. Um, I guess, you know, that's a, that's a pretty contentious part of the movie. For me though, that is how I see it. Meaning I see this as a fable. I see it as not really being real people. Meaning the Heather and JD thing is, is trying to be. You're looking at it in the, in the, um, you're looking at it like it's I Heart Huckabees. Well, I think this is one of the things, right? Is that like, I like movies that do that. And so I tend, if a movie can be interpreted in that sort of way, I usually will. Yeah, where I I look at characters as characters. Literal. Like, it's like, this is the actual thing. And yeah. I see, I can see, like, the the sort of, the the symbolism or the metaphor in, in the way that other people interact with them. But ultimately, they are characters. So what I would say, and this is what I started with way before we got down that particular uh, rat hole. I, by the way, I've been told that some cultures or places don't know the word rat hole and use rabbit hole. Okay. And we're very confused when I say rat hole. So is is rat hole even a thing? Is it rabbit hole? Do rat I mean cuz here's what I will say, 
Rabbits have holes. Do rats have holes? It's a good point. And so in the, in programming, everywhere I've ever been, it's called rat holing on something. Oh, okay. But I get like that may be a very sort of separate, that may be a very specific thing from where I come from. Because I will from. say rabbit hole sounds better to me as well. So this is what I'm saying. I don't, so, I don't find rat hole confusing. So when I say rat hole... You mean rabbit hole. Maybe translate it to rabbit hole, because that's probably more broadly applicable. I don't even know. But one or the other, a hole that an animal goes in that maybe you shouldn't have gone in. So uh, I I like looking at the movie that way. But like I said, I, I don't – I'm saying that because I think that's the strongest form of the movie for me. I'm not saying it because I think that's what they wrote down. Yeah. And the reason I say that is because I really do think this movie was an accident. I think the fact that this movie comes together so well is a bit of an accident. Mm-hmm. Well, as is the case I, with so many good movies. I, it's possible. I think the way it was being written was more just trying to do an outlandish high school drama in well, general, yeah, right? To me, it honestly just feels like they were like, let's take the 80s high school yes. drama and like push it to the extreme. Yes. And so I think that if you take it on those terms, it's all right. I don't know that I love it. It's fine, right? Mm -hmm. But to me, I feel like they sort of accidentally, by like really going for it, and I think the directing and like sort of staging and stuff is great, like all of the sort of like color iconography and all that stuff and the croquet sets and all those things. There's so much good stuff in there. Well, I like the scenes with their parents. Oh, the parents are amazing. The pate. And, you know, it's like, probably because you're an idiot, it's like, oh, that's right. You know? Yeah. uh, It's the same conversation every time. time. She's never had a different conversation with the parents. There is a a point where her mom says something interesting, which is like about how high school drama is just human drama. It's like, this is, nothing changes. Like, if you can't handle this, you can't handle being a human. I think she says something like, uh, most of the time, the the teen when teenagers say that this is because they're being treated like humans, right? Yes, like they're exactly. actually being treated. Yeah. Um so I actually think for me this movie is a somewhat accidental success, which is great. And uh I mean we talked about how Mulholland Drive was because the pilot didn't get picked up and then he was like, oh wait, and then rewrote, you know, the back half and it became this sort of, you know, widely acknowledged masterpiece now. It's like sometimes accidents happen. But they probably only happen when you also have some talent, right? So I'm not trying to say that it was, like, stumbled upon. But I don't think they were trying to do something as kind of uh, broad as what – or I guess I should say as, as like, clever as the way I end up reading it. But I think they ended up with something that clever. Mm -hmm. I think it can be read that way, and it's really great when you do. And I think that that's awesome. I don't know if they were intending that at the time. Maybe they were, in which case it's 2x clever. But either way, I think they get there. So – you know, the only reason I don't think it maybe was as intentional is because I don't, like I said, I don't think this ever, the writer's never done another thing well, like and, this. Really. And I also just don't, it doesn't feel that way to me. Like it, I would not have thought of it in, at all in the same way as a movie like Our, Our, I Heart Huckabees where the characters are not really characters. Or Fight Club. Yeah. Uh, would be another example. Yeah. Although Fight Club, I think is a little less, like I Heart Huckabees is, is like literally these characters aren't people they don't have like real human emotions right. fight club they do it's it's a little more I, I would say that heathers if it were to be that way would be more like fight club that's what where... i'm saying yeah so like if you you could view this movie as jd not really existing right it's yes, not I as mean, clean as fight club yeah but, but I, you can and it works really well if you do and that's why i say it's kind of an accident because it's like i don't think anyone was intending that but you 
but there's all these you could ways you can way, interpret yeah. it, and that's kind of great. I mean, other you know characters do talk about him, like he exists, so, you know. That's why I say it's not clean like Fight Club, meaning yeah. I, you can't literally watch it as if that character is not there, right? What yeah. I mean is you can watch it as if it is just this personification of Veronica's, like, you know, destructive nature. You can watch it that way, and it works. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely just didn't look at it that way at all. I just looked at them as characters that sort of represent different paths you can take Um, he's just it's so the timing is just so much not that way though every single time her mind changes from heather compliance he magically shows up that's like that's that's because it's a story (laughs) it's because it's a fable well but yeah i mean it's it's right i don't know if i'd call it a fable but it's it's not reality. It's obviously not. Yeah, but that's it's, why I but say it's a story. reading it that way. I mean, way. it's a story because like characters show up at the right times in stories. Not because it's, like this. Because it's meant to mean something, right? No, I mean literally, like every time she's like, "I want to do X," or "I'm feeling like really angry," he's right there. Not, oh, he he's in the next scene. He magically just appears wherever he is in her window. Which requires getting a ladder, by the way, to get to. At the cow tipping field, he's just there, right? It's like he is literally kind of magic. It does, The movie, if you were to read it as if he was really a person and this was a real relationship, it, it would just kind of suck. Because, like, how the hell would that happen? It wouldn't. But it's, like, really good if you think of it as, like, he's kind of like the f- evil fairy godmother. I mean, I, yeah, I guess I just don't right? see why you can't view it as both. I mean, you can, but I mean, that's why you can. Because I think for me, me, I'm less critical of the story in the like, how did he get there sense? Because it is like a step away from reality, right? Like the entire tone is is not real. Yes. But it's also not, to me, these characters feel like characters. They're just slightly more, like they they also represent sort of something. But they're not like purely a metaphor tr- for a thing in the way that they are in I Heart Huckabees in, in my mind. I mean, they're close. Anyway, though. we're just, we, we need to get off of this. I feel like that's all we're talking about. What would you like to get onto? I don't know. Maybe there's not anything else to talk about, really. I mean, the movie is what it is. It's pretty straightforward. I don't think there's a lot of stuff to cover. It, it's a nice looking film for a, it's fairly low I mean, budget. It's, fine, yeah. it's not gorgeous or anything. But it looks good. I like what they did with the set dressing. It's I mean, I nice. like it as an 80s. Like, I mean, who doesn't love an 80s yes. high school teen movie, right? And I so, mean, as some one of them are pretty bad. Yeah, but, some, all right. but I'm just saying, as one of those, it's good, like on its own, even yeah. if you just take out the sort of the fact that it's playing off of those sort of movies. There are some things that they did. So, in if there's a, you know, sort of pseudo remake of Heather's, which is they did a musical version of Heather's. And they did. They made some changes to mm-hmm. the plot that are actually better. They like really? improved a couple things. Okay. Yeah. So one thing they did is they got so and you can actually see it when you watch the movie. You're like, okay, that was a pretty good change. That's pretty smart. There's two changes. One of them probably not as necessary. The other one pretty good. So in this movie, it's a little bit complicated because there's sort of this untidiness, especially when you're looking at a movie that. Obviously, I'm in the minority here in the movie club two-seat recording room. Well, there can't be a minority. No, there can't be. But it feels like I'm at 49% here. <laughs> um, 
So if you look at what happens with uh, Martha Dunstock and Betty, who's the girl who she was friends with? She comes over to play croquet once. Yeah, I don't remember her name, but okay. yes, I know who her So the, the movie friend. gets a little bit muddled with those characters because you don't see them that often, although they do tie into the plot fairly importantly, mm-hmm. right? The musical just makes them one person. And this is like way better because then at the beginning, when she basically like does the note to embarrass Martha Dunstock mm-hmm. because they had there's one or two. It was her old friend. It was her old friend. And yeah. that feels a lot more biting. And it's good. It's meaner. It's a lot meaner. And at the end, when she makes up with Martha Dunstock, mm-hmm. it makes a lot more sense because it's not just that she betrayed her at the beginning, but also she betrayed her as a well, previous you know, best friend. I, I think that makes it better right? too because at the end of the movie, it's yeah. a little weird when she goes up to her and it's like, hey, do you want to like eat pizza and it's watch like, movies? It's like I've never met you and before. Like, and, yeah. it's, and after everything that's happened, it's weird that the Martha uh, Mar- is that her name Martha Martha Dunstock. It's weird that she would be like, "Yeah, cool." It's like, "No, you're an asshole." Like you've been mean to me. Like I don't want to. What are you going to do to me? Right? Like so, it just doesn't make any. It doesn't really feel right. But if it had been her old friend, it would have felt perfect. Yeah. And they could have had a little scene there, right, where they mm-hmm. like where she apologizes, right, and and whatever. Mm-hmm. So you know that was a great change. I think yeah, that's, that's a good probably idea. just a better movie, right? Yeah. When she tries to kill herself, like right, that would have been a lot more like. I mean, it was still sad, but it's like it, there would. I think it would have had even more punch if it's well. Like, and it's a great precipitating thing for her to decide not to go through with this stuff, right? right. It was, so it, it makes a stronger story. It, it was a it very does. good change. Uh, and the other one they did, which is also pretty good, is she wasn't part of the Heather's at first. So the way she becomes part of the Heather's is in the opening. She offers to write basically a hall pass for them since she forges notes, mm-hmm. and that gets on their good side. And then they ask her to forge well, the Martha. Well, because then they're note. probably like, "Oh, if we get this girl into our into our group, Click. we can use her." And they like kind of like prettier up and stuff. The other thing that's in the movie too, we see her house, right? And she's obviously wealthy, right? Mm-hmm. She's got this like, you know, they're always eating the pate, and they have this lovely yard when they play croquet, and it's like the Heather's just want to hang out with her for the because it's to their own advantage, right? I don't know. That, like, that's part of why, for me, it's like the whole movie just feels like she's not. I'm sorry, but the movie club is is just not going to stand for that. A mo- well, yeah, movie club. I guess. I, I mean, as I don't think we're actually disagreeing. It's not a huge super disagreement. super strongly. We're just having minor different interpretations, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, I would be curious, movie club, uh, if you when you watched it. You know, your gut initial reaction before, because I mean, maybe you've sort of changed your mind now listening, like you heard Casey's thing and you're like, oh, that's persuasive or whatever. But like when you initially watched it, like, what did you think? I want to know. And, you know, just the the behavior of the of the parents and and the teachers and, you know, the the priest and everything. Yeah, it just feels, you know, like I said, it just feels like it's supposed to be this sort of fever dream, right? Of like, well, it's not <laughs> right. So it's not reality. Yeah, but, like I mean, I think of it in the same way I think of something like Buffy, where in Buffy she fights literal monsters. They are real monsters in the story, but they are also clearly representing aspects of growing up and being in high school and stuff. Sometimes, so if if we could, maybe we can ask that question, right? I agree that there are certain things in Buffy that are like that. For example, there's one where her college roommate is a monster. Mm-hmm. That is like, you can read that both ways, right? Other times, it's just a freaking vampire. What I'm trying to say, maybe this is like, if you can, if you can imagine, what I'm trying to say about 
about uh, Heather's is it's the college roommate one. The story is set up so that you can interpret it such that you're not really saying that college roommates are monsters. You're saying that it feels like they're monsters, right? And that's what Heather's is. If you're not really saying that you're going to go hang out with this bad boyfriend and murder people. What it's saying is that you have a, a, the potential to be a violent person or whatever, or you have these impulses, and you might choose to indulge them, or you might not, right? And that's your choice, and we're going to see what happens. Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, I guess, but for me, it's like, it's both things. I think we probably just have to end because... That's the end. It's, it's I mean, over. honestly, every it's time... Over. There's nothing else to it's talk over. about. The it, movie club is canceled. <laughs> it's canceled. There will be no next month. I don't care what you picked in the poll. Forget it. It's over. It's over. <laughs> it's over. I'm just saying, I, I think that's the crux of yeah. what we had to talk about with this one. Yeah. I mean, I think we both liked it. I, I like I love, the, I love the movie. Yeah. The, like I said, I, I think... I do think it was kind of an accident... I think it could have been done better. It's one of those movies where I'm like, once you've seen Heather's, you can think of a probably a better version of Heather's in a, in some ways. Maybe. Like I said, there are some story mods even in the musical where I'm like, that was probably smarter or whatever, right? Yeah. But uh, but it's so unique and interesting that I feel like it's just great as it is. Mm-hmm. So I'm totally fine with that. Well, and I just um, as as like. As a play on the 80s teen... A send-up. It's great. It's so good as a... It, it continuously subverts your expectations, mm-hmm. and it goes dark. It goes so dark, and it's yes. uh, it's super committed to that, and I really like that about it. It's it's not afraid to, to go dark. Eskimo. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I, I really like it. It joins the pantheon of films that I really like, which have Moby Dick in them, which I don't yes. like. I don't like Moby Dick, the book. I do like Star Trek II and Heathers, which both have yep. a literal physical copy yep. of Moby Dick in the film. Yeah. So this tells me that if Moby Dick, the book, appears on my bookshelf, I'm unhappy. But if Moby Dick, the book, appears in a movie bookshelf, I might be happy. And that's all I have to say. All right. Well, I think that's it for this week. This was the final movie in our Unlikable Main Characters Month. I think it was a good month. Me too. I, I didn't super care for There Will Be Blood, but honestly, I think I liked every every other movie in this month is like not just a movie I like, but a movie I really like. Yeah. Love Nightcrawler, love Taxi Driver, love Heathers. I liked right? every movie. I liked every movie we watched. Yeah. Um. Next month, uh, as voted on by the movie club, we are going to watch time travel movies. That sounds rough to well, me. We're going to see. We'll we're, see. It's I good mean, that we're coming off of this month of films I really liked because I'll have the stomach for like weird time nonsense. And I believe we start with with a good one. We start with Back to the Future. Well, that is a great film. My understanding, my limited understanding of this, because I, I seem to remember that I went back and was looking at scripts for Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. Like, originally, the time machine was like some closet that you got in. Oh, uh, yeah, probably. And someone had the idea of, like, it should be a car that has to go, like, 88 miles an hour. That person needs to get one of those awards that you get at, like, the Academy Awards, where, like, 
you know, they give you a lifetime achievement yes. award. Yeah, but it's yeah. like yeah. you just be like, you saved the day. You are you are hereby given this medal of story writing excellence. Thank you for saving the movies. Nobody needs to go into a closet for time travel. They absolutely do need to go into DeLorean. So you just get this just just on that strength of that one idea. You're in. It's true. Well, anyway, we will be back next week with Back to the Future. And we hope to see you there. Yes. And if you can't make it, it's okay. Just time travel back to when you can make it and listen. (laughs) Or if you don't want to wait. Time travel forwards and listen to it right now. Oh my now. god, this is insufferable. Sorry. Just because I didn't agree. Just because I didn't agree with, frankly, the inferior okay. interpretation of Heathers. Okay. Just because I didn't agree, okay. all of a sudden I'm like this bad guy. Like, I'm JD all of a sudden because I won't go in on this weird, like, <laughs> yeah, they're, it's, it's, she's not in control and she's just doing what JD wants them to do. Like, okay, whatever. I mean, this is ridiculous. I'm not going to respond to that. No. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, bye. Take it easy, everyone.